focusing in on the ongoing refugee crisis which the world currently faces. For the first time since World War II, Europe is experiencing a massive movement of refugees and migrants, women, girls, men, and boys of all ages fleeing armed conflicts, mass killings, persecution, and pervasive sexual gender-based violence. From Syria alone, about one million refugees and asylum seekers have come to Europe within the last 10 years, with a large percentage first traveling to Greece. Refugees and migrants, but particularly women and girls, on this journey face high risks of violence, extortion, and exploitation, including rape, transactional sex, and human and organ trans... Refugees and migrants, but particularly women and girls on this journey, face high risks of violence, extortion, and exploitation, including rape, transactional sex, and human and organ trafficking. Today, my partners Nancy, Emma, and Isabella will be sharing the experiences of refugee women within the borders of the EU and the difficulties of their sexual rights and reproductive health before expanding to explore the rights and plight of women through a few particularly contentious headlines across the continent. The organization Amnesty International interviewed 40 refugee women and girls in Northern Europe who traveled from Turkey to Greece and then across the Balkans in 2016. All of these women described feeling threatened and unsafe during their journey. Many reported that in almost all of the countries they passed through, they experienced physical abuse and fi financial exploitation, being groped or pressured to have sex by smugglers, security staff, or even other refugees. One 22-year-old Iraqi woman told Amnesty International that when she was in Germany, a uniformed security guard gave her some clothes in exchange for spending time alone with him. Exploiting the vulnerable position of refugee women so that they may gain basic necessities or reduced transport rates is not uncommon. A humanitarian organization reported the story of Tamina, a girl who was traveling through Greece while eight and a half months pregnant. Despite being in active labor, Tamina was intent on continuing the journey and only stopping to have the baby once she reached Germany. It was only when her family was able to convince her to go to the hospital that she relented to give birth to her baby in Greece. A mere matter of hours after the birth, Tamina and her newborn daughter left the hospital and continued walking. Of the pregnant women surveyed making this journey through Greece, those included in the study who even make it to a hospital only stayed for a period of 12 hours after giving birth. Although refugee women are supposed to have access to first aid, hospitals, and all of the other human rights as European women, these are just two instances of hundreds of thousands in which the rights of refugee women have been blatantly and systematically overlooked. Currently, a multitude of humanitarian organizations are working to combat this refugee crisis, specifically focusing on the health and safety of women. Nancy and Emma both have some information to add on to on this subject. Many women have felt threatened and were used to pay for passage. Many women and, girl, and young girls have been traveling without men or their community to protect them. Protection mechanisms have been breaking down as well as essential services and economic structures, making women feel unsafe and more susceptible to discrimination and violence. The U.S. states that in Bangladesh, UN Women has formed a Rohingya women's group that now actively takes part in official camp management meetings and ensures the needs of women and girls are given due consideration. In Jordan, Syria, Syrian refugee women participate in cash for work initiatives that provide an opportunity for more permanent employment or starting 
up micro-businesses in camp settings. And in Cameroon, UN women provide refugee women and girls with resources and skills training to develop small-scale income-generating activities. They also call to equal participation from the refugees themselves to know what measures are to be taken according to their needs. In addition to what the UN is doing, a number of other organizations are willing to address the safety and protection of the refugee women. One of these includes the IRC, the International Rescue Committee, which provides support to its European countries by offering expert guidance to refugee men, women, and children. Due to the migrant crisis in 2015, the IRC was the first international aid to assist thousands of refugees. Today, the IRC aid workers continue to work in Greece along the Balkan route to support the most vulnerable refugees. Through Refugee.info, a website, Facebook page, and an app that empowers refugees on the move by providing them with real-time reliable information in multiple languages such as Arabic and Farsi. This platform helps refugees in Greece, Siberia, Bulgaria regain the power to protect themselves and their families. In Germany, for example, the IRC provides expert guidance such as supporting access to education and the workforce with healing classrooms to help create a safe and cleaning and a clean learning environment for many refugees dealing with great trauma. Wow, Nancy, that is so interesting. As these organizations and Europe as a whole work to answer the questions of how these women's rights can be protected and how refugee women can be guaranteed the same rights as European women, we will be transitioning to look at what kind of reproductive rights women throughout Europe are granted to create a more comprehensive picture of what rights migrant women will have once integrated into European nations, and to understand the ongoing issues that other women are facing even as European citizens. Recently, Southern Ireland has voted to repeal their abortion ban, but Northern Ireland still has restrictions on abortion that date to Victorian times. In 1861, the United Kingdom and Ireland adopted the Offenses Against the Person Act, which banned abortions. Since then, the rest of the UK has repealed the act, but in Northern Ireland, the act is still the basis of an abortion ban. The rest of Great Britain legalized abortion under certain circumstances in 1967 under the the Abortion Act. In Northern Ireland, women are not allowed to receive abortions under, cir under, certain <laughs> under circumstances of rape, incest, or fatal fetal anomaly. Women can only receive abortions if there, are, there is a serious and long-term risk to the woman's physical or mental health, which is still probable. Because of the ban, many women are forced to travel to England to terminate their pregnancy. Both the Catholic and Presbyterian Church are pro-life in Northern Ireland and are primary contributors to the stigma around abortion. Emma has more to add on abortions. The UN has more than once already denounced the abortion rules to the Irish Republic, claiming the laws are cruel and inhumane. The UN has brought it to their attention in 12, uh, twice in 12 months, yet the government refuses to make any changes. Although the Eighth Amendment, which bans abortion, won by a large majority of 67%, many women still end up going to Britain uh, to obtain an abortion. A Northern Ireland woman, Caroline McCarthy, found at her 20-week at her pregnancy scan that her baby had bilateral renal agenesis, which means that the baby had developed without kidneys and would not survive outside the womb. Since abortion... Abortions are illegal in Ireland even under the circumstances of fatal fetal anomaly. 
Caroline was forced to travel to England to terminate her pregnancy. Caroline had to wait four weeks for the nearest appointment, and since the baby was over 22 weeks, it had to be injected with potassium chloride to ensure the fetus shows no signs of life. Caroline and her family had a funeral for her baby two weeks later in England and had to bring her baby's ashes through the airport back to Ireland. Later, Caroline and her husband talk about how it would have been easier if she received an abortion in Ireland so they could have more time to prepare for grief. Also, if Caroline had been able to receive an abortion in Ireland, she most likely would have received it sooner and would not have to inject the fetus with potassium chloride. Caroline was able to afford the many trips to England and back to terminate her pregnancy, but many women cannot afford the expenses of travel. Since many women cannot receive an abortion in Ireland and cannot afford travel expenses, they are forced to carry out pregnancies that may not even be viable. How should I transition into Italy? Um, I was thinking maybe I could like talk about how... Abortions have been legal in Italy since 1978 and are allowed in the first 90 days of pregnancy. After 90 days, abortions are legal if the fetus has serious abnormalities or the mother's health is at risk. Although abortions are legal, doctors and other medical staff are allowed to deny performing abortions due to religious or personal beliefs, also known as conscientious objectors. Across Italy, 68.4% of gynecologists identifies conscientious objectors. A woman named Emma and her husband from Agropoli are expecting a baby and are told her baby is perfectly healthy until a 23-week scan. The brain of the fetus has only partially formed and will not survive well outside the womb. Emma's doctor was a conscientious objector and she believed that her doctor had purposely kept her baby's abnormality a secret until the 90-day period for an abortion had closed. Emma was forced to travel 300 kilometers away to find a doctor that was willing to perform an abortion. In 2017 in England, Women and Equalities Minister Justice Green Greening confirms that women will be able to have access to free, ter free termination in England. Women, de women deprived from, from uh, access to safe reproductive um, health in Northern Ireland seeking abortion will be offered help with their travel costs under under the under new government plans to allow access uh, to allow access to terminations um justice greening said northern uh, northern irish women would be able to apply for hardship grants to travel to england where they are eligible for free fully funded abortions. Earlier, just because abortion is technically legal or illegal, it can still be very hard for a woman to obtain. Um, in addition to what um, the United Kingdom is doing, as you mentioned, there is also a Dutch organization called Women on Waves that sails ships to countries where abortion is illegal to provide safe legal services to women on the group's vessels. Um, in countries where the procedure is hard to obtain, such as Italy. Um, the organization's website lists locations of its completed successful campaigns in Ireland, Poland, Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Italy from 2001 to 2012. This is very interesting because many of these nations are ones which are included on the list of UN, um, of UN countries where abortion is technically legal. 
but it is still very difficult for women to obtain, which is why what the UK is offering and what the organization Women on Waves is offering is very important, so as to provide women with safe alternative methods. In conclusion, there will continue to be great controversy on the topic of women's reproductive health, not only for migrant women, but women throughout Europe. Most women in Europe are given legal rights on paper to receive an abortion and other forms of health care, but access is still very, very limited. Some of these actions against women's health care, and more specifically women's access to abortions, has led to health care providers refusing care to patients in need on their own terms. As for migrant women, changes are being made to give them equal rights and safety within the borders of Europe. Although women's rights is such a broad topic, my group and I hope that we were able to educate you on the current status for women in Europe, both migrant and registered European women and the challenges they face. Thank you. I hope you enjoy.